1: I don't care what they might say, we love Jesus anyway.
2: Here to begin our Friday broadcast of Way of Grace, Pastor Jessica Stan.
1: There are a lot of things that can take place both internally in our conscience, in our soul, that can distract us from commitment to Christ, commitment to God, commitment to the sensitivity of the presence of the third person who connects us to God through Christ so that we stop having fellowship with God and stop having fellowship with Christ because we have ceased to have fellowship with the third person, who is the immediate presence of the second and the first.
2: Welcome to another edition of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Stand as we continue our series here in the book of Acts. You know, no one would deny that we have a lot to think about these days. The election coming up in November, the economy, gasoline prices, and the list goes on and on. The things we think about will be the topic of today's message from Pastor Jesse as we look at Acts chapter 3, the peace of God which surpasses understanding. Those seven words are something to think about, wouldn't you agree? Here's Pastor Jesse to help us in our thinking.
1: Timothy had had imparted to him the gospel because Paul was his spiritual father and Paul had taught him Christ. He had taught him Christ. There's no greater inheritance that you can give to your children than to teach them who God is in Christ and how God saves sinners. That's the biggest inheritance. And so Paul, being Timothy's spiritual father, had bestowed upon him the gospel, and then the elders laid hands on Timothy, and he became a preacher of the gospel, and he is now entrusted with the gospel. And when you've been entrusted with the gospel, your job is to keep the gospel. Keep that which you've been entrusted with. Like, analogously, Isaac had given Jacob and Esau blessings. Esau sold his birthright because he was hungry for carnal food. It's like unto him receiving the gospel, because that's what it was, but he abandoned that gospel for carnal, temporary blessings, and the inheritance was passed to Jacob, and he didn't let it go. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So people who abandon the gospel for this world's good are such as reject rather than preserve the inheritance that was given to them. And uh, here's what Paul goes on to say in verse... uh, 15, this thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be what? Turned away from me. The word is apostatized. This is why he said, Timothy, keep the gospel. This is an aside, but I want you to hear it. This is how much Paul understood the danger of perilous times. He had to warn someone that he really, truly knew was a true believer not to abandon the gospel. See, Timothy was weak, like all of us by nature are weak. And if we aren't constantly encouraged to be built up in the faith, the trends of majority can cause you to loosen your grip on the gospel and eventually lose the gospel. Many a pastor starts off faithfully teaching the word of God. But by and by, because they want to build big churches, They let the gospel go and they become ashamed of the propositions of the gospel, which makes a clear distinction between people who are authentically saved by grace and lost men and women who never really know God, but just play church. And so they never ever deal with souls earnestly because they know that will divide They are more concerned about their reputation and their agendas than they are the eternity bound souls of men and women. So they will not tell the truth that those people might be saved. So what has happened was their allegiance to Jesus has shifted to their allegiance to their agenda. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? That's a subtle but dangerous reality, and it can happen to any professing Christian. You can start off running well and not finish at all. You can start off, as it were, with your eyes on Christ and commit it to Jesus, but by the time he gets ready to head to Calvary, like he said, smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. Judas Iscariot, for 30 pieces of silver, sold him out. Any human being has the capacity to apostatize if God doesn't keep you. And one of the ways that God keeps us is by having faithful preachers warn us to not abandon the gospel. And this is what he's doing with Timothy. Are you guys hearing me? See, as a spiritual father over many, many men, he had taught the gospel. He saw lots of them abandon the gospel for this world. He's saying, Timothy, don't you do it. Don't you abandon this gospel. Keep that thing which was committed to you. Now, watch this. This thou knowest that all they which are in Asia turned away from me of whom are Fagilius and hermogenes. Watch this. But the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus. Are you ready? For that brother often refreshed me. And he was not ashamed of my change. Do you see that? Now, see, when I lift this text up and I consider the grace of God bestowed upon Onesiphorus, I want that grace. Here's the grace that I want. I want the grace to be able to bless a brother or sister when they are in my presence with a refreshing of the soul by a conversation about God that allows us to go deep enough for their heart to be wet with the dew of heaven because of the spirit of God in our fellowship. And I want them to be able to be thankful after we left for having spent time with brother Jesse. That's what I want them to be able to. I want them to know that we met God in the midst of that dynamic and God has invigorated me. Now watch this. And Paul said, I had chains on at that time. And whereas most brothers were running from me because I was bearing visibly the sufferings of Christ, this brother came and visited me in prison and he encouraged me and he lifted me up and he told me to keep pressing forward and he supported me. And this is exactly what our master meant when he says, when you visit them, you have visited me. And when you feed them, you have fed me. And when you clothe them, you have clothed me. Because he knew his people who would suffer for his name's sake would have to go through all that stuff. And how does Christ come to them? In many ways, but frequently through men and women who are committed to the gospel. There's nothing like being in a lonely place where there's physically sick, Are suffering for Christ and be down in your soul. And Paul was human. And then a brother or sister comes with a good word from God. As cold water to a thirsty soul come from heaven, so is the good news of the gospel that comes from a far country. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And this is exactly what Paul is saying. And this is the root of our same word. I say that only to affirm Brother Barry's initial idea. You guys got that? That the idea of refreshing people is being able to speak about the things of God in such a way as to meet a need in their soul. That's what we want to be. We want to be wells of water, Isaiah chapter 26. I want to be a well of salvation. I want a person to be able to take his bucket and dip it down inside the counsel of God's grace in my life and draw it out and be able to drink from my experience with Christ and have their souls met, have their souls needs met. That's what you want. That's what we want. We want to be a blessing in that way. So we affirm that metaphor, but the idea of refreshing the soul has a little bit of a different twist on it in a more grammatical sense, and I want to deal with that right now just to uh, build us up. The idea really has more to do with restoring us from a lapse of love for Christ. The root word for refreshing here is the word for being cold. Going back to our text. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing, refreshing come from the presence of the Lord and he sends and he shall send Jesus Christ, which was before preached unto you. The idea of the word, ladies and gentlemen, really has to do with the state of the nation of Israel. When Jesus came, when John the Apostle, John the Baptist had came, he had come into the world and the world was made by him, but the world did not know him. He was in the world, but the world did not receive him. The world didn't receive him, and the world didn't receive John the Baptist. And that was because, and this was not the whole world, this was the Jewish world. It was because they had languished for so long in their sin and under the legal system of the law that when Jesus and John came, they were almost dead. They were like a dead nation. The people that sat in darkness saw a great light. So here's what God does in this idea of refreshing, refreshing. He sees the heart languishing under sin, under worldliness, under carnality, under iniquity. Remember Matthew 24 around verse 12 or 13. When iniquity abounds, the love of many shall wax what? Cold. The love of many will wax cold cold, wax cold. And the idea is that a cold heart is a heart that has lost love for Christ. After we go through the book of Hebrews, I'm going to go through the seven churches of Revelation. It's been many years, but I'm going to be going through that again. And the first church that our master deals with is the church at Ephesus. And he says to you, I have this against you. You have left your first love. And then he says to the last church the church at Laodicea, I would that you were cold or hot, but because you are lukewarm, I have to spew you out of my mouth. We're dealing with metaphor again. And the idea is this. If you and I are not careful, there are a lot of things that can take place both internally in our conscious, in our soul that can distract us from commitment to Christ Commitment to God, commitment to the sensitivity of the presence of the third person who connects us to God through Christ so that we stop having fellowship with God and stop having fellowship with Christ because we have ceased to have fellowship with the third person who is the immediate presence of the second and the first. Am I making some sense? And so what we begin to do is actually go about our life in broken communion. You're going to hear me talk about this on Sunday as I talk about the sufferings of Christ. We read in Hebrews chapter 5 that it was heard in that Christ feared. When he anguished in the garden, my soul is troubled and exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. And he's languishing, Father, if there be any other way. But this way, would you please make another way? I want you guys to hear it. I'll talk a little bit more about it on Sunday. Jesus Christ was the God man. He was not afraid of death. Are you hearing me? Death was not his concern. He had been saying over and over and over and over and over and over again, when the son of man is crucified and killed and risen again the third day, he was already declaring his triumph before it even occurred. It wasn't death that was gripping him. Many men have faced death valiantly, even in their ignorance. And certainly the master who created life and death, that is the Lord Jesus, would not have been afraid of dying. Are you guys hearing me? Perish the thought. His repulsion, his Inward repulsion was the thought that for a second he would have broken fellowship with his infinite father. You know what that means for you and me? We're messed up, aren't we? Because we can go with broken fellowship with God for a long time. For a long time. You can't tell me just because you're saved you're no more a sinner. You're still a vile sinner. See, when God finally makes us like Christ, isn't that what we learned last night, ladies, in the study? When he finally, we we on the bus of faith, right? Riding that bus of faith. We're going to finally look like him one day, aren't we right? Isn't that right, ladies? One day, I'm going to look just like him. And you know what? My holy soul, of which I can only imagine right now, I have no idea what a holy soul is. You don't either. My holy soul will be so thankful to be permanently Connected to God in every fiber of my being for all eternity. Never ever to contemplate the chasm that exists between me and God now called my sin. Are you hearing me? The son of God at the thought of even a nanosecond separated from his father. Sometimes you and I don't even want fellowship with God. That's how bad our sin is. Am I telling the truth? I saw, see, this is why I don't, when people tell me I'm not a sinner anymore, you are clueless. You are clueless. If you can breathe in and out, if you can entertain a lust for five seconds, you are still a hellbound sinner by nature. To see, when God makes us new and glorifies us, the most abhorrent thing to our being will be sin. Right now, we drink iniquity like water. do you fool yourself? And so the idea is this. Upon repentance, which is a gift of God, upon changing your ways, which is a grace of God, having your sins blotted out by the cross work of Jesus Christ, because the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is pouring upon us the spirit of grace through the preaching of the gospel, you can experience the refreshing... Of the power of the Spirit of God, restoring the heart into union and fellowship with God through the gospel. Now, now mark how this works. So the whole nation, uh, uh, by and large, rejected the gospel. But there were people who were not only uh, receiving the gospel, but they were waiting for the gospel when Christ in them came. Hannah was waiting for it, 97 years old, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Simeon lifted the son of God up to heaven and says, now mine eyes have beheld thy salvation. I'm ready to go to glory. Are you hearing me? And the shepherds saw their salvation and the wise men came from the east as far as they needed to come to see their salvation. And men and women believed on the Lord Jesus Christ throughout the whole of his ministry. And tons of people came to John the Baptist's baptism because they were seeking to flee from the wrath to come. They were waiting for the Lord, having made straight their paths. What was God doing? Invigorating that heart, warming that heart to Jesus, their husband. So when he would show up, they would run to him. There were 120 in the upper room after our Lord suffered his crucifixion. They had held on because they loved him. They were the nucleus by which the Holy Ghost now is reverberating through Jerusalem and Judea. Peter's one of them. He made it, didn't he? Messed up, but he made it. That's me. Messed up, but I made it. You understand? I'm in. Don't look at how I got there. Remember the bus ride of faith? Now, this is a bus ride. Don't, don't, if you're going to judge me on how I got there, I just want to ask you a question. Are you in? See, because if you're not in, you're de- see, if you're not on the bus, you got problems. You might be looking all civilized and cool and everything. In your, but see, it's about being on the bus. No shocks, no windows, crooks and everything. But I'm staying on the bus till I get to my destination. You understand what I'm saying? I'm staying on the bus. and And the apostle Peter could say, I stayed on the bus until we were blessed with the Holy Ghost, which is the promise that we'll be unpacking more fully next week. But Peter is a is a sign and a wonder here, too, because, boy, he was struggling. Wasn't he struggling? But God kept him, didn't he? And, and what a candidate to share the gospel with his Jewish constituents when he had demonstrated so much weakness and lacks himself. The Lord had to come and restore him. Remember? Peter was the one that said, man, let's go back to our old business. Remember that? And they all joined it. They were back fishing. And our Lord met them in their apostasy. On the shore, fried chicken and cornbread, hot water cornbread. So when they get to the shores, they're ready to eat. And John said, that's the master because he loves to eat with us. Remember? I said, he knew our master's pattern. After his resurrection, and as soon as he had fellowship with them around food to let them know everything was all right, he pulls Peter to the side. Peter, I just got to ask you a couple questions. Do you love me? Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? Do you love me? That's the work of the spirit of God to fill the heart with the love of Christ and keep it inflamed by his providence and his mercy and the preaching of the word and the worship of God and the fellowship of the saints as we make our way through this world, to keep our hearts aflamed towards God. That is what God delights in. He delights in fellowshipping with us. Are you hearing me? And so if we wanted to, we could say that What Peter is offering to the Jewish people is already happening. 3,000 souls had already been saved. By the time we get to to the end of chapter 4, guess how many more? Another 5,000 will be saved. That's 10,000 people almost, plus men and women and children, about 13,000, 15,000 people already under conversion and already preaching the gospel in the temple from house to house, breaking bread, having fellowship, authentic saints. Is there a refreshing taking place? Absolutely. A marvelous, refreshing taking place. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which was before preached unto you. Verse 20, this will be our last point and we'll shut it down. What does it mean that he will send Jesus Christ to you who was preached? It does not mean that Jesus is going to be coming physically. He will come on the last day physically. But what Peter is saying is the work of the gospel calling men and women to repentance and faith is a consequence of the word of God revealing to us who Jesus is and in the preaching of the word assisted by the spirit of God, Christ actually comes through that word to you and to me. Christ speaks to us through his word. Go with me in your Bible to Ephesians chapter two. I want you to see this. This is why those of us who are so committed to the finality and the the, uh, totality and sufficiency of the Scriptures, have great qualms with such as would assert or say that God is going to be speaking to them in some divine way apart from the Scriptures. And I know you hear all kind of stuff about a person meeting Jesus. Jesus showed up in a dream. Jesus showed up in a revelation. Jesus literally met me in my room one day. I'm in Ephesians chapter 2, 14. And I told you this before, and I have to say it again. If a person makes a proposition or a proposal or assertion that something has happened in their life, an experience that they had, you and I have no authority to accept what they say just because they say it. You don't have the right to say, I believe that because I just feel like it was true. Well, that's just an opinion you're holding. Just like what they experienced was merely an anecdotal thing that they went through of which we got to filter that through a number of possibilities, don't we? One is they could be a little bit kooky, right? The other is they could be on medication, right? And I can talk to you about hallucinogens and altered states of mind, in the deceptive nature of psychosis and psychology, where you really do think that reality is the way you see it or perceive it, when in fact of matter, reality is only reality according to God. There are lots of things that we swear happened, and they were mere figments of the imagination. Am I making some sense? Not to say the least, all of these outrageous stories that you hear all over the world about how God is acting when you never have seen God act that way, even in the scriptures.
2: Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here grace-bible.com is our website again that's grace-bible.com if you wish to give us a call the number is 510-886-9782 that's 510-886-9782 if you're writing to us our address is 22 768 main street that's two two seven six eight main street here in hayward The zip code, 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today. This program is listener supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. I don't care
1: what they might say, we love Jesus anyway. I don't care what they might say, we love
2: Jesus anyway.